Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of What's Up Conversations, a podcast with icons and legends of the video game industry. I'm your host, Hamid Reza Nikufar, and in this episode, my guest is a visionary art director of many great games such as Immortals Phoenix Rising, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Thierry Dansero from Ubisoft Quebec. Thierry's way of looking at art and game development is inspiring and very educational. We talked about his past working on Assassin's Creed games and his new approach on Immortals Phoenix Rising. Immortals Phoenix Rising is available on Amazon Luna, Windows, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Stadia, Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S. And the new DLC The Lost Gods is out with lots of new content. Before getting into the conversation, please subscribe, follow, and share this podcast wherever you're listening or watching What's Up Conversations. What's Up Conversations is available on all the major podcast streaming services and also in video on YouTube. You can learn more about the podcast on www.nikufarmusic.com or from my Twitter handle at hrnikufar. Also, please consider supporting and donating to What's Up Conversations from the link in the description if you're enjoying this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Let's go. Hello and welcome to What's Up Conversation Theory. It's so great to have you here. How are you, sir? Well, first, thank you to have me uh, with you. I'm uh, very happy to, to have the chance to talk with you today. So uh, I'm fine, even though there's a COVID here and everything is on lockdown, but... Uh, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Are you in the studio right now? Nope, I'm at home. Oh, I've been working right. from home for a while. It's been a year. Wow, wow. So uh, last week I had Scott Phillips, the director of Immortals Phoenix Rising on the podcast, and I told him how much I love this game. You guys did a fantastic job, and I had so much fun playing that game. So congratulations. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed the game. Yeah. So... Uh, Let's talk about your background. How did you start? Uh, uh, what do you? What did you want to do first? And how did you get your first gig and become this uh, visionary art director of many great games? Well, first, I, I'm not sure I would call myself a visionary art director. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'm calling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, but. Uh, uh, to, uh, being an art director is it's all about teamwork. So uh, you're as good as your team is. So uh, I've been uh, fortunate to work with amazing, talented people throughout the years. So uh, I have to to make them shine because uh, all those things would have wouldn't have been possible without them. But uh, to to come back to me, uh, first I'm 46 years old. So when I started, like, you know, the video game industry wasn't really there. So um, I started young as I was always drawing, and my goal was to become like an illustrator or something like that, like uh, Simon Bisley. I don't know if you know that guy. So, um, and uh, then uh, when I was about 19 years old, I started to work uh, for like uh, comic uh, TV shows, like uh, here in, uh, in Montreal. And uh, so I did that for a few years, and then at some point personal reason I moved uh, in Quebec City and uh, was looking for uh, for a job and uh, I started to work for a small uh, web uh, video games company called Sabakan and uh, there I was animator uh, and concept artist and then I switched on to their 3D team so this is where I, uh, I learned 3D so uh, I started as a texture and then level artist and uh, the thing was so small that we were doing 
kind of pretty much everything, but those were super small again, I have to say. And then Ubisoft came at uh, Quebec around uh, 2005, and the whole department has been hired by them. So I was part of this. And uh, after a year at uh, Ubisoft, basically, you know, on my background, art knowledge, and uh, my drawing skills, I, I, they, I became a, an art director. So it started in 2006. So since then, so I've been art directing in Quebec. And, uh, you know, Quebec, uh, within all the all the steps uh, towards like our own, um, uh, let's say, leadership. So we started like uh, with Microsoft uh, Games, then DS, uh, Sony PSP, Wii U with Prince of Persia. <laughs> and then slowly we started to work on the AC franchise. So I started to work with uh, Rafael Lacoste in 2010 on Assassin's Creed Revelation. So we were in charge of like exotic mission, like the beginning of the game and the, the three assassination mission. And then uh, we've jumped onto uh, uh, Assassin's Creed 3 uh, DLC, King, uh, the Tyranny of King Washington, and, uh, which we did explore like more like fantasy aspect because in DLCs you could like play, uh, you, you can go wild with it. So yeah. we, did the, we did the same for uh, the DLC of, of uh, Black Flag, which was Freedom Cry. So, and then uh, after that, we've got our first game, uh, which was uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Uh, so it was the first time as a studio we got the full ownership of uh, a title, and uh, I have to say that that was we've learned a lot, and uh, and we've learned a lot through a lot of challenges. So it was a very difficult production from a point of view because we have to learn so much, uh, and you have to learn as uh, on the leadership aspects. That's something we could talk a bit later on. Yeah. But uh, because I think the art director role is more than just like being a good artist. Uh, it's involved like. Uh, uh, leadership, like how you make your people grow, uh, how you create empowerment and all that stuff. I think that's probably the key aspect uh, for me, at least. And then uh, after Syndicate, uh, we did Odyssey, which was like an amazing production on many aspects. Uh, we've learned so much uh, based on the learning we've did on Syndicate, uh, we've uh, adapted and uh, we've did like a, a production uh, in a way better way, I would say. And then uh, we've got that uh, Crazy mandate of doing Immortals and Rising. Uh, we were asked to do something very different. Uh, and uh, this is where we decided to go out of our comfort zone and try something new, different. But it was very fast. <laughs> and so we had to go uh, make decision like uh, very fast. And uh, But it was fun in the end. Uh, I'm very proud of what we did achieve on that game. Yeah. So let's talk about your first major Assassin's Creed uh, yeah. Syndicate. The Victorian era of London is a very unique setting and it's been used in a lot of games and movies. How were the experience and the challenges of creating that word in Assassin's Creed Syndicate? And how is it? How is the experience making something new with a major Assassin's Creed? Well, you know, one of the biggest pillars for every Assassin's Creed game is it's, 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 it's is it a story. So uh, the first thing you have to know it's you have to know about your time period that the period that has been chosen for the game, which is in this case the Industrial Revolution, so eighteen sixty eight, something like that, if I recall right. So uh, and for first, I didn't know much about this time period. So we went in London. We took like tons of pictures. We worked with historians as usual, and and uh, and then. Uh, you have to figure, okay, how ah, we will do 
this game, uh, what are the key points, what we should highlight or not in, when it comes to our direction. And for us, it was like probably the, the, but it is the first Assassin's Creed game that's so close to the modern era. So, yeah. uh, so because all the previous games were way in the past. So that means that there are still a lot of buildings that are still there in London. So uh, that were in our time period. Yeah, a funny thing that I was playing <laughs> Watch Dogs 3 and <laughs> going around London, I was like, Man, this is so familiar. It looks like I've been in London, but oh yeah, it's from Syndicate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. So, uh, so we we did have to learn about all those architecture styles and how it was back then because it was way more polluted. Like the industry were closer in the city, so uh, and we wanted to depict that, like the feeling of pollution, but movement, industrialization, but also it's a it still is, I guess, a city of extreme contrast, uh, especially in that time where you could have like very wealthy neighbor, like like think of the Buckingham Palace and all those uh, areas, and then you have like soft work, uh, all the poor labor labor type of people that uh, were living very close to to those very wealthy people. So uh, for us, it was a very interesting to play with because it allows us to to create like very. Uh, con a big contrast, which is the whole point of making video games because you want to make sure that your players see different things and travel through different environments. And uh, to there's a rule set in, in every AC game, kind of if you travel for, let's say, 20, 30 seconds in one direction, you should see something different or feel visually something different. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, one of the big challenge for us was the height of the buildings because there are, there's a lot of a five-story high building and you know, climbing all of them was kind of a chore, uh, was too long. So that's why we, we use that pretext of like the industrialization to create the grappling hook. So which allows like fast climbing. And also the vehicles, you know, sidewalks and like uh, all the vehicles all over the city. So we have to develop like systems to make sure that like everything was functional and work well without being too frustrating. So uh, so it was very interesting. Uh, and uh, we've learned so much also because it was new for us. Uh, so how to build those huge games uh, because an Assassin's Creed game tends to be massive. <laughs> There's lots of, uh, and we introduced like both, uh, genders, like two characters to play with also. So there were lots oh, of yeah. new stuff for us to learn. So uh, I think uh, we had to go through this production to 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 get to know about ourselves first and, uh, and to establish ourselves also as a, a lead studio. Uh, I think the game uh, did well. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Unity that was released a year before uh, uh, did, uh, received a lot of criticism for its uh, because there were a lot of bugs. So uh, the perception of the brand back then was a bit like down. And uh, when Assassin's Creed Syndicate was released, uh, we we did suffer a bit from the comparison yeah. with uh, Unity. Uh, which is odd because to me, and it was unfair to syndicate. To it was, me, it was, wanna, yeah. it was something really new and <laughs> yes. amazing. But, yeah, and Unity still today is probably one of the best looking UC game ever. Uh, Hell yeah, uh, yeah! I, I played that game a year after it was released, <laughs> and it was polished yeah. and very well. Amazing game, yeah. That was a hard time yeah, yeah. back then, yeah. <laughs> yes. But also they were the kind of uh, what they call a brain fatigue where uh, at some point, you know, uh, some players were 
I guess, bored to see the same recipe over and over. From, yeah. Because uh, in each, uh, every game, even though the setting is different, and, and in fact, there's lots of different things. And I think that's why the brand evolved to, towards more kind of an RPG type of game yeah. uh, with customization and like progression, uh, which has been proven very successful. Indeed, yeah. So after that, after Syndicate, your next Assassin's Creed, and it was changed drastically compared to Syndicate, was yeah. Odyssey. That game was full of beauty yes. and curiosity. How was the experience of working on that game on ancient Greece? Uh, that was an amazing, to be uh, to be honest with you, uh, because you know everyone, no matter who, know to some extent about Greek mythology because it has been, especially in Europe and North America, because it's been part of our culture. It's, there are so many things that are coming from that pantheon, even words that we were using today, uh, find their roots in the ancient Greek um, time period. And the Greek mythology, you know, everyone knows that the gods and like the Greek heroes uh, to some extent. Uh, but uh, I have to say, uh, I, I didn't know much about Greece itself. So we had to go there. We did a scouting trip and we visit like multiple locations. <laughs> we were like three groups that were sent there. And uh, and our first reaction after a couple of days, it's okay, how are we going to do this game? <laughs> the Greek world is so massive. It's yeah. filled with mountains and there's land, vegetation, forests all over the place. It's, uh, it's so rich in history and there's so many things that happened there. And, uh, you know, the biggest challenge was to, um, because we're in the middle of the Peloponnesian War, but then the Roman built on top of it, and you know there's multiple civilization that went there. So we had to really know what was there when <laughs> in our time period, and not to mix it with Roman influences. And uh, so uh, that was a, a very, very uh, thorough uh, exercise and research we did. Like um, the historian that was working, that still worked with us, uh, Stefaniana. Uh, I think at some, point, at some point she mentioned that she did like uh, the equivalent of a doctorate in terms of uh, uh, research brought to the project. Uh, there were so many aspects that we picked in. Um, and after that, on the, uh, maybe on the art side, we really want to, even though we were like in the uh, uh, warframe time period, uh, we didn't want to take a world that was burning with like city destroyer all over yeah. the place. Uh, that was not the goal because you know playing in a game which is too maybe too dark uh, after a while you, you it's you don't feel great as a player uh, you want to see sun and light you play a game to have fun also and uh, so that's why we decided to uh, to depict Greece uh, as most people know know knows it today as a, it's a, this big vacant backgrounds. It's a, not luxury, but it's a, where you go in vacation destination. So uh, I know there's blue, bright sky, turquoise water. You go there to have fun. And that's why we really try to depict and uh, to make in this game uh, when we did the choices. And I think we did that quite well. Um, we did invest a lot on the water also. Uh, I don't know if you paid attention, but uh, there's crashing wave volumetric foam, the color of yeah. water. Uh, I think that's what makes the Assassin's Creed uh, so popular. Even today, the people are still playing it. And 
it's that you have a true sense of uh, exploration and discovery in this game, and it's pro that's probably because of the boat, because you can travel to another island. So you're, you have the feeling of discovering a world, and you travel through it to discover, discover a new island with a different biomes and different mythology associated to it. So there's something very interesting that uh, I think the player really appreciate with this game. And then we have to talk about Cassandra because uh, I think she's one of the most popular uh, character uh, within the DC uh, franchise. Uh, and uh, because she's, she's a strong female character uh, that has a lot of humor also. And, and and that's the thing because that game was set before the creation of the Creed and the, the Assassin. So there's not really an Assassin in that game, but it's the root and the, the birth of the... The, the Templars in a way with the Cult of Cosmos. So player was, uh, yeah, that's not an Assassin's Creed game, but in a way it is. And we've talked more about the ISU people than probably in um, every AC game uh, release uh, to date. So uh, so that was interesting. Uh, that's why we came with the idea of the broken blade of Leonidas uh, that we use as a, as a hidden blade. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was really fun. And on the production side, it was so... We did it in a very healthy way. Uh, we did not do much uh, crunch. Everyone was very committed, and we had a lot of fun to to do this game. So uh, it was kind of a perfect production for for my point of view. Yeah. Now, come to yeah. think about it, if I'm correct, history wise, you worked on the newest, which was Syndicate, and the oldest Assassin's Creed, which was uh, yeah, Odyssey, right? Uh, yeah, it's the inverse uh, since Kit and Odyssey, but yeah, uh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Um, mm -hmm. Even though some people do miss like uh, the the more linear structure of uh, old AC, but uh, based on the players that are playing the game and the, the 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 amount of time that they're spending, let's say in Origin, Odyssey, Val, um, you can tell that people are way more invested in the new formula in a way. Yeah, uh, which is good because there's more capitalization. You could customize your own character uh, to your liking. Uh, there's more to discover. There's more content. And I think as a player, I think if you look like the, the, the value per dollar, uh, it's fantastic what games are offering uh, today and nowadays, especially the Assassin's Creed game. Uh, so um, I think uh, it's a great franchise that even though now uh, I think Valor was a 13th, Assassin, something like that. I'm not even sure. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it's a brand that always renews itself, and I think that's great. Uh, we know the um, uh, the context of the historical settings. Uh, that franchise always offers something new and different to its players, and I think that's the true strength of this franchise. Like it's historical fantasy. Uh, um, you know, museum want to know more about our game they want to use our game from an educational point of view uh the amount of time and money that we invest in recreating those settings it's something that not many organizations could do in exactly. museum university they cannot uh, afford spending that much money on the re recreation of the world so yeah. we can do it of course we're we're not doing historical 100 historical person because there's no point it's a video game and also we have the scale ratio which is different so we're, we're making creative choices. Also, we want to create like an adventure, an experience overall. But um, we are deeply roots in the understanding of history. And um, I think that's the, the key strength of that franchise, which makes it very interesting as a developer, but also as a game. 
Yeah, it kind of sparks an interest toward a certain part at a time period, and that's that's great. So, uh, previous to Syndicate, you worked on some uh, Assassin's Creed games that was already uh, established art-wise. So, yeah. how is it working on something that is already, uh, you know, decided how to look? Uh, but it's, it's even the case with, let's say, RLC or even Syndicate. Uh, we're working within the frame. So yep. it's not my game per se, it's the it's a Ubisoft game. So there's like expectation and when it comes to visuals uh, that are set within that brand. Think of any Disney or Marvel uh, title. Sure. You have to follow a certain frame. So, so you, you just need to, have to understand this and play within that frame. And then when you understand and accept, that reality, uh, then you can do pretty much what you want. Uh, it's not like limiting creativity at all. It's just you need to understand the frame. And uh, so it makes no difference. And uh, I see this, I had the chance to work with like amazing talents or collaborate with like, amazing people that were working in Montreal. Uh, think of uh, Raphael or Martin Deschambault or uh, I've met like Patrick Mojoie, other guys that were super fun to work with. So I think... Uh, I see this as a bit more like a, a, the, the EC family. So when once you're part of that group, of course, there's some sort of level of competition because every EC game one wants to do better than the other one. And then, <laughs> But I think that's LT in a way. Exactly. We want, we want to do our best and we want to make sure that our game will be remembered in a way because that's the whole goal. If you, that's my opinion, if you do something in life, the same applies to you, I'm sure. Try to do your best and, and uh, try try to leave or give something to even your community. Me, I have two young kids, so I want them to make to make sure they're proud of their their dad in a way that uh, <laughs> their dad's making those games. And but yeah, I'm doing it for myself as well, but also for my team. So there's a um, you know there's a the art department. We're very bound together. Uh, we want to do our best. One push the limits. We want to improve like the way we do materials and textures and characters so uh, we're pushing each other just to push the limit and i think as long as we have this in us uh it's a good sign but uh, the day that will stop and we'll just like come to work and say uh yeah that's just my job and i don't care much i think that's gonna uh, be the time maybe to do something else because um we we, and we remind that ourselves to ourselves quite often. We are very lucky to be able to work in the video game industry and also to work on the like uh, a brand as big as Assassin's Creed. Uh, I know tons of developers that are waiting years before releasing a title. Uh, sometimes their titles are canceled or uh, they don't have much visibility or you know things change and uh, but the EC franchise is always shipping. It has tons of visibility. Uh, it's it's used budget. You can do pretty much pretty much all of what you want if you're ambitious, but also like, uh, work well with others. So I think it's an amazing brand to work with, and we have to remember ourselves that uh, it's a privilege. Um, same goes with our direction. You know, uh, it's not like a, if you are directing for the. Thing, I think you're seeing the wrong way. I think it's a responsibility. Yeah. It's a great advice. Yeah, so you have to take care of your people, make them grow because you're dependent on them. 
if you're alone, you won't do much. So you, you need to be surrounded with great people, great talent. But if you want them to be happy, uh, they need to have ownership and empowerment and be able to propose things. So uh, see that role as more like someone that has, based on the creative direction, set the frames within the creative direction frame. But then you need to let them, let your people grow in it and make choices. Otherwise, they won't be happy and then we'll just leave and go somewhere else. Yeah. You talked about uh, this already established frame. And I assume that uh, Rafael Lacoste is the uh, franchise art director. So were you in collaboration with him during the production of Syndicate and Odyssey? How was the collaboration on those games, if there was any? Uh, yeah, but the, you know that franchise title has always been a bit blurry in a way where because um, they were like, they were a group at some point because uh, there's so many diverse projects for UC franchise so they're doing books movies and all that stuff so they yeah. have some people that overlook this uh, but when you're like a maybe Rafael work on a very precise setting it's kind of hard to have a, an eye on everything that's been produced all over the world because you have to know that when we're making this Creed game we're working with like a lot of studios. Uh, we can ramp up up to eight hundred people on, on production. So, having like a a good overview of what's going on on another on the project while you're working on your own project is kind of difficult. So, uh, yeah. I was lucky uh, on Syndicate uh, because it was the first for me to to art direct such a big project on my own. So uh, I've asked if you could like. Not stay with me, but uh, act as an advisor and look at. Uh, I was like show, show, showcasing in the, the world and what uh, the decision made process that we were going through. So we act as a uh, kind of a mentor in a way uh, for a while, uh, and then on Odyssey, uh, but we were pretty much on our own. So uh, so we did all because we reached that level of maturity and confidence, so we could do our own things. And Rafael was busy on other things as well. So so. Uh, so the, there's not like a brand relationship anymore, I would say, uh, because but you know it's been Quebec Studio has been working on Assassin's Creed game for the past the last ten years. So yeah. now we know we know those <laughs> games, <laughs> and we're like very involved also like uh, in the decision making to some extent in some of us uh, decision making process within the brand. So, um, but of course. Um, uh, yeah, do value Rafael as a, as a great artist. Uh, he has great experience, and I will always value his opinion. And if I have the chance to talk with him, uh, if he's available or not, I would take his advice at any given moment. But I was also in contact with uh, Mohamed Kamboots, which uh, you know was he was the art director on the Unity, which is a very great individual as well. And uh, they did like amazing choices for that game. So. I think it's uh, it's more like a community where, like you know, yeah. I was mentioning, where uh, the door is always open. We can contact each other and uh, talk about things. Uh, but uh, it's not like someone says you you need to do this and that. So it's not past yeah. trick. Exactly. So uh, Immortals was something very different and yet familiar to you. It was not realistic looking, but a fantasy. However, it happens in the same. Uh, not the same period, sort of like same setting as Odyssey. So how yes. was the experience of working on that 
on the on the look of that unique game? Uh, but when we've got the mandate, we were asked to do uh, a game that wouldn't look like an assist stream game. But we know that our time frame was quite short. And uh, but uh, we know we since we've touched a bit on the mythology on Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, we didn't like the first of context uh, to justify it in a way. <laughs> uh, we said, oh, it could be interesting to do something that's more on the fantasy side. And uh, it's because we have, we've learned so much, so the learning, the studies is there already, so we could use it and take it to our advantage. Uh, when it comes to the art style, uh, this is where it all goes back to you need to listen to your people. We had like on Odyssey, we decided to um, to use substance designer to create our materials like uh, throughout the whole project. So, which was a first for uh, I guess a new uh, Ubisoft team. And uh, uh, I don't know if you know substance. It's a process railway uh, with node based way to create like um, PBR materials in a way. So. Yep. Uh, so doing so, uh, using that software allowed us to probably rework some of the materials we've did on Odyssey and uh, stylize them like in the easiest way. But in the end, we we did redo everything, so they were not that much reused for Immortal Phoenix Rising. More but, like a concept, uh, <laughs> yeah. But at first, it sounded great, <laughs> and um, we had a lot of people like our lead material artists and some of our artists that were passionate about like the Ghibli movies and uh, you know that form of uh, style and aesthetic. And uh, we said, okay, why not? Can we do this? Can we do that painterly style within a, game, a video game? Uh, because, you know, uh, please, I don't know if you're familiar with Ghibli's movie, but, uh, you know, their background are painted. So yeah. uh, that means that the, the further away you go within that background, uh, the more brushy stroke you can yeah. see because the, the brush doesn't like reduce when they're painting. So, so uh, our challenge was to create that feeling where... Uh, like the far away object would look like almost invented and um, and stylized. Uh, so it's kind of a, so we did a lot of experimentation. We tried to stylize things like our tree shapes. Uh, it's, it's, it was like going back to art school where we were applying like art notion where we play with shapes, color, uh, thematization, uh, <laughs> reduce the number of detail because Odyssey could be very noisy to some extent when it comes to level of detail and we said i oh, don't know no, we should embrace empty space emptiness uh and uh, put less props to embrace like the whole place thematization and have strong thematization so the world was designed as a disney theme park so uh, i don't know if you play the game but you know there's varieties which is all lush there's giant roots the grass yeah. all over the place and flowers and then there's the iris region which is all dried up of rock and uh, yeah. like the red press yeah just to support that personality of Aries which is the, the god of war so it's associated with Mars so the planet and the blood and so we so we've designed in a different way and for us it was it was it was great uh, it was challenging though because we didn't have much time so uh, we didn't have much space for iteration but uh, due to some of our process, like using like software, we could like calibrate things like uh, uh, throughout the way quite easily. And for characters, same thing. Uh, you know, uh, we've decided to simplify things, simplify shapes, um, just to, to create some sort of uh, a new visual, new aesthetic uh, for that game. So uh, it was a lot of fun, actually. 
uh, doing this. And I think we've learned and we've grew as artists, as a group, a lot doing this because, uh, you know, doing photorealistic game, you, you look at the reference and you try to reproduce it, but you have an actual reference. But when it comes to stylization, something that doesn't exist, you have to invent it. So it requires something different. It requires more creativity from, from our, uh, your people or your creative people. So because you have to invent most of the time the thing. So, uh, <laughs> so that's a very different process when you think of it. And uh, it was really fun. So which one was more fun for you to work on? The realistic looking of, uh, for example, Odyssey or the fantasy looking of this one? And did you have experience uh, of, of working on something similar to Immortals before working on it? Oh, yeah. But, you know, uh, like I was mentioning in the beginning of our interview, uh, I grew up as a, 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 a drawer. I was drawing all the time. So I was drawing like uh, cartoons for TV. Yeah. So, uh, and when I was in uh, South Akan, uh, we were doing like very stylized and even Disney projects and uh, Warner Brothers. So, I have kind of a background, like it's been years now, but um, towards stylization. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, but never at that level uh, because making a video games, it's very different uh, uh, because it's a huge, I think there's almost up to 25 to 30 hours of single uh, campaign, but you could spend way more time in that game. The thing with the video game is that you don't control what the player will be looking at. So uh, it's the player that has a control with its camera. So um, so you have to make sure that every frame looks kind of good. And uh, there are so many things to look at. Uh, you know, it's just not just about like like assets, but it's time of day, lighting, uh, clouds, water, uh, FX, uh, presentation. Uh, there's gameplay ingredients. So there's a lot of things to think, so think about. And uh, Odyssey was an amazing, uh, create an amazing satisfaction for me because the game is so huge and uh, seeing it as a whole, oh, um, oh God, um, how did we manage to create that many content? So, <laughs> because there's so many things to do in that game that it's just crazy. And, um, you know, as a developer, often you don't play all the quests and everything so you, because you're focusing on zones. So you're you're going to engine and you're looking at specific things. But one, once the game was released, I played fully through it and I said, oh shit, there are so many content. So on that level, uh, sometimes uh, some of us uh, talk about Odyssey and uh, we did realize, hey, we did that game. It's kind of, it's kind of incredible <laughs> when you're thinking of it. Because when you're, you're in a video game, like as a developer, you only see the flaws. You only yeah. see what's not working. You're looking for bugs all the time. So your eyes get near to see always what's <laughs> not working. And uh, it could be frustrating because you're only seeing bad things. You're focusing on things that aren't working. So, uh, But after a year or two, when you let go, because I think that's one of your questions at some point, when yeah. do you let go? And you take the time to fully appreciate the game for what it is as exactly. a player for its experience. Now you see it like how you should see it, how most people are seeing your game. And uh, that makes a huge difference. Uh, so um, me, I'm, I'm watching my kids playing like Immortals and Rising. I, I I can't see that they have like a, like a lot of fun time and they are enjoying the game like a lot. And uh, one of my youngest kids is saying it's one of his. How old games, are they? Uh, Ten and eight. <laughs> and uh, and it's for him. It's one of the best game he ever played. So uh, for so, me, so it's one of the best game I've ever played. <laughs> oh yeah, and I play uh, every day. 
that's cool. So, uh, so yeah, so it's great. It's great. Um, it's kind of a legacy that we're leaving. So, but the thing is, today there are so many entertainment available yeah. for everyone. Uh, TV shows, TV series. There are so many network video games, cell phones, game, uh, uh, stream, uh, Amazon, Luna, uh, Google Stadia. So it's all over the place. So it's really hard as a consumer to decide what you should pay for or play with because there are so many options. And if, like, you spend, let's say, you have like a ten minute of bad experience within a game, you will most likely quit the game and yeah. uh, jump onto something else. So, I think uh, that's the hardest part: is to catch players' attention yeah. and keep them in your game. But I guess the value of time is now more <sighs> important than the value of the money. Cause, yeah. 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 Are you going to like? Uh, invest this amount of time on this game or another game and that's the real question rather than 60 bucks or get it free on for example game pass yeah and uh add to that that there, you have a life to live also and yeah, to do other things exactly. <laughs> to go outside and to do exercise and live your life so uh the, the amount of time that you're like allowing to entertainment might vary to every people but so it's super competitive, and I think it's going to be even worse in a few years because uh, with Indies and what we're seeing with Unreal, like it's going to be easier and easier for indie developer to make good-looking games. Uh, so uh, it's uh, it's it's quite challenging actually. And uh, but that being said, uh, I think the video game industry is it's it's in, it's, in, it's, in, it's called an age. So uh, we'll see. I think in this generation, console generation, we'll see games that will look as good as movies or TV series. And um, that's amazing. And I think as game developer, we'll be able to, to create visuals that will be so great, um, so immersive. And uh, if we pay attention to the level of emotion, I think like games like uh, Last of Us 2 that did like an amazing job on that regard. Um, you're, you're playing experience. It's the video game has evolved towards an experience, like with emotions. So uh, uh, that's the thing I think that excites me the most. That we yeah. will be there to do that transition as game developer. In one hand, we have like realism that is going to be more real in in, in this gen and in in the other hand we have like this stylish art looking of for example immortals and what's great about immortals look i'm not an artist so but speaking to people like rafael i get to know somehow how it works and in immortals each region when i was in each region i knew exactly where i am without looking at the map so that's exactly the visual cues and Relative to that, I knew each region were located where because of the yeah. landmarks, right? Yes. So I would look at the, oh, yeah, that's the other region there. That's the other region there because of the landmarks. And I knew it, but playing that game, oh, my God, this must have been hell and so much hard to do for uh, our team at the Ubisoft. So it was great. So, so understandable, Immortals. Yes. But in fact, it was not that hard to create the world um, because we've got inspired by Disney theme park. You know, when, I don't know if you had a chance, uh, I went once uh, in my life in the Disney theme park, but yep. the way they organized their park, 
it's the same principle. Take landmarks, you can oh, yeah. see where you're in. And so they're very smart and clever. And uh, I can assure you that they, they spend a lot of time building their team part, making sure that it's working the way they make you travel through it. It's all taught. So, so, um, so we kind of did the same thing. Uh, one of our biggest challenges, though, was that you could climb so high in Immortal Sphinx Rising that you could see the old world pretty often. So from a memory budget point of view, being able to see everything at once, that's very demanding on GPUs and CPUs. Yeah. So uh, we had to be very clever with the way we were working with um, the LOD, the LOD level of detail uh, when it comes to props and assets. Make sure that they still look good from far, but they don't cost too much. So uh, from a technical point of view, uh, some of our engineers did some marvelous work this game. Yeah. By the way, I played the game on PS5 and 4K 60 frames. I appreciate oh, yeah, yeah. the beauty of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, Scott Phillips, uh, the director of Immortals uh, and AC Odyssey and Syndicate was my guest. How was working mm-hmm. with him? And uh, generally, what's the best way to collaborate with a visionary director like him? Uh, first, uh, I started to work with Scott on Syndicate, and uh, since then we've been working uh, together. And uh, so it's kind of it's a friend first. So uh, so, and we joke all the time together. So uh, I think we don't take ourselves too seriously. Dude, Scott's awesome, to our, man. Uh, I want to yeah. have drinks with him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're my we're making we we are. We are having a lot of fun, especially in the studio environment. Uh, now, since COVID, we're seeing each other less a bit. But uh, um, so the and Scott has that great ability uh, to let people do what they're best at. So, uh, so meaning that um, I guess I've earned his trust throughout the way, and uh, the same for him. But so uh, me as an art director, I'm always trying to um, expose my work. So not only to the team, but also to my other fellow directors or my flexibly. Uh, so they always know what's going on, what I have in mind, what I will try to achieve or what we are trying to do. So, uh, so in that regard, uh, you always know what to expect. And uh, we have like a very respectful um, relationship where we could say things without being rude or saying that doesn't work, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's always like a very collaborative environment and safe environment as well. So where you, we allow ourselves to make mistakes and try things and to see if that thing could end up being something great. And I think that's how we also produce game. If like there's a good idea that's coming from I don't know, the, uh, programmers or someone on the floor that say hey, that could be a great things to do in the game. Often that idea will make its way in the game. So, um, so that's kind of the relationship I always had with Scott uh, because you're right he's a great guy it's very kind mother I say. so it's he's uh, reassuring because he's not panicking or he's always <laughs> like uh, he's thinking a lot and uh, so he has a, I think a very good thought process and uh, which allows him to have a good understanding of what he wants but also uh, where we're at and so um, so uh, I only have good words to say for about Scott's because um, it's hard to me to evaluate because I have a, I guess 
friendship relationship with him. So, uh, yeah. so I think <laughs> bad to say, but I also know him on a personal level. So, uh, so which makes uh, uh, the we're part uh, we're together when we're making games and we're trying to do our best and uh, to make good games. And uh, that's that's what I could say about Scott. I think it's yeah. a great leader. Uh, a great creative, and so I'm glad uh, that uh, I had a chance to work with him. Right. He was excited to have you on the podcast too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as an artist, before starting, uh, um, when is the best time? I asked the same question from Rafael too. When, when is the best time for an artist to start a project, and when is it the right time to? Uh, finish it and let it go? Uh, but it really depends if it's a personal project or like a, a, a game company projects. Uh, when you're working for a company... When the uh, deadline if, comes. <laughs> there's a deadline. So you need to let go when the deadline is. So, uh, and as creative, uh, I think one part of our role is to always ask or push for quality as until the management says stop. <laughs> so because we're the guardian of quality in a way, so uh, if we're not doing it, who's going to do it? So yeah. um, so it's part of our role to try always to improve and push the quality uh, within a certain limit. Of course, you don't want to, as long as it stays positive and not become toxic and like uh, I'm pushing people like to ask them to, more work more work and redo things and always changing idea i think having a strong vision and a, a strong goal and uh, uh, always help uh, because uh, if you are uh, improvising too much or change your mind too often uh, that will lead, lead to confusion and people will start like disbelieve in the project's vision and yeah. say okay they're always changing their mind so as a lead i think you have to make sure that um, first think of what you want and uh, clearly establish it through a benchmark or a mood board or whatever uh, tools that you could use uh, and try to stick to it. Of course, you need to adapt to what the game gives you. And if something will serve the game best, I think you shouldn't be shy to change what you've been working on, even though it could have spent like months on, on the future. If it doesn't work at some point, you need to let it go because it's a waste of time and money and, uh, and doesn't serve the game. So uh, I think this is where uh you have to need to have like strong leaders that are open-minded also to maybe the what they were thinking that would be great is not great <laughs> they need to change it uh so i think that's a strength on a personal project also uh i think it's it's about the instinct and intuition i think it's great to finish things though uh because i think if you let go each time you have some sort of difficulties you'll never improve and uh, and it's easy to let go and to abandon a project or to abandon something. It's the easiest thing you could do. Uh, and often it's when it's hard that you improve. Uh, if it was easy, everyone will have success. And, uh, and that's not how it works in life because exactly. otherwise everyone will have success, everyone will be a millionaire. And so, but uh, this is not how it works. So uh, there's no secret, I think, uh, if you want to get good at drawing, you need to draw and you draw a lot. And are you willing to sacrifice your uh, five to seven with friends to draw instead, or to to do what uh, whatever you want to do, like yeah. practice guitar or whatever? So it's the amount of time that you're spending 
that will make the difference if that's your goal. Because uh, there's also the, the speed you want to progress. Uh, it's not a race. It needs to be fun. If it becomes a chore or a core chore uh, and you don't have fun doing what you do, there's no point doing it. So uh, there's a very thin line where why are you doing this? Is it for you to prove yourself to others? And what's your interest? And uh, I think it needs to be for you first. And you know, even as, as art director, uh, art is subjective. Everyone has an opinion. What you think is beautiful could be different for me, and it's different for another one. So, and my role is to pick what should be to, to define that frame because I, that's my role. But uh, uh, everyone has a different uh, opinion about this, and but I base my decision on my, on my personal taste and what I like in life and what I love in the, the reference I'm looking at, the artist I'm following or uh, my personal preference. And so it's based on my, what I like me. So I'm at ease when I'm making decision because I believe in it because it's from me. It's not like I'm not trying to please someone else <laughs> because doing so you'll end up creating a big pizza the, with various influences yeah. and then but you, you won't own it because it's not yours. You're trying to uh, project yourself in others' mind or head and that's bad, I think, because it will end up with failures in a way. So, so uh, follow what you love, what you believe in and uh, at some point, if uh, it's, it's creating stress and anxiety, I think probably it's time to let go. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but uh, don't don't abandon too quickly. There's often a solution that you're not thinking of. So there's some various solutions like uh, expose your work, try to get some feedback, uh, uh, ask people. Uh, some people some people are shy. They don't want to expose rough or uh, sketches because they think they will be judged as artists. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> But that's the contrary. Me, I was uh, the same. I was like that uh, when I was younger. I just wanted to show clean draw uh, drawing. But at some point, I've, I've learned to love sketches more even than final uh, image because I think a final image often becomes stiff and uh, very um, like there's no dynamism in it because everything has become too polished. So uh, that's why I love so much like the art book from Pixar or Disney where you see sketches yeah. and like line art. So I think they let, those... they let your imagination to fill the <sighs> blank parts. And exactly, complete. exactly, exactly. Which is, uh, I think, important. Yeah, I guess it's important to kind of build up on where you finished before <laughs> and it's kind of people like see each artwork, for example, as something different. But if you look at it, look at it as something you do you can always build up on the last project you did and it's therefore it's never finished so you're exactly always... that's a good point actually where uh and we, some people were saying that on immortal things rising it's the journey that's important that's not the exactly. final yeah. destination because there will never be a final destination once you'll be finishing something you'll start a new thing and uh, you probably don't li uh, wouldn't like that, that much the final piece because oh I would have to keep this and that to improve it so so it's all it's never ending so uh, like it's like in everything you you're you could be always learning throughout uh, your whole life if you want that's what you want of course so uh, so it's really personal in a way but uh, I think uh, she needs to save 
true to yourself and what you believe in and your personal taste first. And then um, if it puts you in a bad mood or a bad place emotionally wise, maybe it's a good time to quit. Yeah. So what are your favorite games of all time? That's hard because uh, we knew you, when you wrote that question, I, I started th to think about it. And uh, I think it really depends where I was in life when those games were there. And uh, because if I was to play a game that I remember liked, uh, like five years ago, probably today, I would say, mm, why did I like that game that much? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, uh, you know, so there's games that I remember because when they were released and where I was in life, they did really impress me. Let's say, um, you know, in 2005, like the first God of War on PS2, uh, for me, was mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, you know, the cutscene and all uh, that lore, that fantasy lore, I think that was amazing. Uh, a great game. Uh, I remember, like, uh, Return of Castle, Washington. Uh, Washington, Washington yeah. Uh, uh, because I, at some point I quit playing games and I was more into music and doing other other things in my life and uh, I, I got into this game on PC oh shit games have evolved so much it's, <laughs> now it's, it's amazing and then you know they were the Nazi and then monsters at some point and I was wow they, you could do really creative stuff in games so at that game I remember a lot uh, so I think I'm all, all over the place with games because I love like Journey. I don't know if you remember Journey. Yeah. For me, from a visual point of view, it was poetic. It was a poetic game. It's a very different experience. I really like uh, that game. Uh, Resident Evil 4 also, uh, for me, uh, was like an amazing game. I played the Rise, I think. Mass Effect 2 also, uh, I really enjoy like that RPG and choices and going through different planets. I think that was a great game. Uh, Baldur's Gate. Uh, yeah, I used to play Dungeons and Dragons as a, a table game. Yeah. And uh, when I saw Baldur's Gate, I thought that was amazing as well. I remember the souvenir from my youth playing like the board game. And so uh, <laughs> the Uncharted series also, I think it's... Uh, it's amazing, like it's kind of Indiana Jones, playable Indiana Jones in yeah. a way with the humor, like the location. Uh, those games was okay. You could do great things. I think Naughty Dog like was a great studios too, like with The Last of Us. Also, they do great things. I think uh, I think they set set up the bar in the genre. Uh, so I think they're great for this. Uh, of course, the AC franchise. I'm in love with it. Uh, because I've been working for ten years on it, so uh, I, I really love those games. Uh, probably for the historical visiting time period where you need to you're learning while you're doing it and I yeah. love history I love human so I think that's great uh, Portal 2 also was great to me like the humor the, the way <laughs> the clever way they do their levels I think that was a great game as well so Inside Limbo uh, also so there's tons of games yeah. so I cannot point to point one but there's so many good games out there so what are your favorite games regarding their artwork uh, then I also had to talk, uh, think about that question a lot because I think I'm, it's not about games, but more about artists that work on those games. So, yeah. uh, so, uh, because yeah, as you know, games use many concept artists and there's some of them that are better than others. And, uh, I've been following them. I had the chance to know some of them also. So, uh, so, you know, guys like Ethan Senna, uh, Florian Lebrun, uh, Raphael Lacoste, Martin Deschambault. I, I wrote names because I'm bad with names as part. 
Also, Fred Rambeau, which I work with, I used to work with. Also, our all amazing artists uh, Ben Moreau, Tibi Choi, uh, Matichka Kuchera, um, Corey Loftus, uh, John Sweeney. So there's so many artists. Nowadays, it's uh, there's too many artists. So I think it's just crazy the amount of good artwork that you can see on the web. <laughs> so, and that's the thing, you know, you we're talking when you should let go or pursue. Uh, uh, I think in an interview with, with Maciej Kuchera, that guy, uh, I think, has been like a very hard working artist, and he was spending like he was saying like sixteen hours a day, like just wow. practicing all the time. I, I don't know if he's doing still that today, but there's always be are going to be people that are going to practice more than you somewhere on earth. Yeah. So <laughs> you should try to be the best. It's a lost cause. So, there's exactly. going to be people that dedicate their whole life to do this. And so don't be in competition because it's going to become negative and uh, it's going to be too um, hard on your, you're going to be too hard on yourself. I'm not good enough. Those guys are better than me, but that's not the point. The point is to have fun doing art. And uh, so, uh, so we need to be careful, but there are so many great artists and now they're using so many tools that helps in you know, the 3d software. Uh, so, uh, it's getting even more complicated nowadays to become a good artist because you have to master a lot of different skills in order to create strong image because that's like most of them are using. So, uh, so and then you need to find your own style as well. So, but uh, yeah, there are so many great artists uh, nowadays, and I'm glad because it's a, it's a great time to be an artist. Uh, the video game industry offers a great. Um, great jobs, well-paid job, and you can make like a good living working in video games. When I started uh, in Quebec, we were, uh, Sabacan was the only gaming studio in Quebec, and we were 35 people. And now, uh, almost 20 years later, uh, I think there's more than 1,000 people working in Quebec City in the video game industry. So uh, it's great for the youth. It's great for the creative. They, they have options that uh, didn't exist when I was young. So it's, it's great. It's a great time. Yeah. So what's your favorite Assassin's Creed game? As a gamer, uh, that's important. As a gamer, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I really, uh, without saying my favorite, because I'm working, uh, I used to work uh, on the brands that I want to <laughs> shock any people. But there's a few of them that I love more than uh, others. I love AC2, uh, Brotherhood, Black Flag, that's for sure. Um, that was Scott's uh, pick too. Huh? That was a Scott's pick too. He, 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 he yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh, yeah. second one oh, yeah. in the franchise most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, I love, of course, Inscape because I worked on it. I love the uh, Origin because I think they, they achieved an amazing visual in that game. Also. And that was Raphael's oh, yeah, game favorite. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Origin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can tell. I think it's one of the uh, best looking EC game. I think. Uh, that was done. Uh, Odyssey was good. Uh, I'm proud of it also. Uh, really proud of it. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I can recognize like others work also and I think they, they did a great job on that game. That's for sure. Um, yeah, so that would be probably it. Like AC2 Brotherhood, uh, Black Flag, uh, Odyssey Origin. Are, those are probably my favorite AC games. Yeah. So 
I, I'm a Persian. Are you interested to make an Assassin's Creed in Persia? <laughs> we we did the Prince of Persia game. Uh, I work on one. I work on Prince of Persia's... Uh, Sands of Time? No, not Sands of Time. Uh, the one on the Wii, which uh, I forget the name. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, but uh, uh, so... Uh, and I work on the remake of the first platformers and the Prince of Persia for iPad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did some help uh, with uh, redesigning some icons at some point. Uh, so Prince of Persia for me was, uh, I love Sand of Time when it, re- it was released in 2004, I think. Uh, I think that's this is where Ubisoft stands out as the uh, very, uh, I think, innovative gaming company because yeah. you know, with the parkour on the walls and like, uh, they they become like the, one of the landmark in the animation back then, and uh, so uh, I think Sand of Time uh, was a great game uh, in that regard, um, and uh, it's something that was carried over years with the reputation of uh, of being able to create great animation, great treasies. Uh, now nowadays companies have match up and even in certain ways surpass Ubisoft in that regard, but uh, that's that's okay. Uh, but so yeah, they were a person game. Uh, maybe one day yeah. <laughs> you'll see a game or an easy game in Persia. Uh, who knows? And Odyssey, we've touched on Persia a bit with yeah. the, the DLC uh, with the first leg. Darius, History of the Hidden person. Blade, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Darius was the the first yeah. assassin with the, the hidden blade. First usage so, of hidden blade. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Great. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, what games are you waiting for the most? Uh, there's a couple of games. Uh, I also have been uh, the, there's a, the new Horizon, like Forbidden West, uh, made by Guerrilla Games, that I'm, I will be yeah. looking for because uh, the this engine that they're using, I think it's super strong. They have like amazing tools to create levels, and uh, they seem to be very strong on the techno and tools innovation. So, uh, and uh, the first Horizon Zero Dawn was like an amazing visually uh, speaking game. Um, so uh, I'm very curious to see what they'll come up with with this game. Uh, God of War also, I think it's going to be always amazing. On the stylized side there, Skinner, Bridge of the Spirits, uh, that I'm curious to see uh, what this game will look at, uh, look like. Um, there's Black Mittler, the Wukong. Uh, oh, yeah. Mittler, the, yeah, yeah, the, the Chinese game. RPG, the Chinese, yeah. I, I love the Chinese mythology. I love the the myth of the king, uh, monkey king. So um, uh, from what I saw, uh, the visual that they were shown, uh, they show, uh, I can't wait to see that game. I think it's going to be amazing. And it's interesting to see China uh, starting to make like 4A, because now we're not even seeing AAA games. It's 4A games. So <laughs> so, so, so it's, a, it's a notch. I don't know what that means exactly, but it's a notch further away. Uh, and Grand Theft Auto 6, we never know if it's going to be released one day or not. Uh, but uh, uh, what Rockstar is making is always good. Can't wait to see what Naughty Dog will be releasing next also. Uh, so uh, there's a couple of titles. Uh, so and uh, we'll see. There's another game which I forgot. I think it's Kingdom something. Uh, uh, what I'm interesting to see it's uh, it's how the next gen graphic will be pushed. Yeah, you know, how photorealism will be pushed. How facial expression will be pushed. With, you know, with the Meta Human Creator uh, demo from Unreal. Uh, you know, when I was talking about 
will see games, visual games match what we see on TV or, uh, you know, Mandalorian was uh, used on real as a, to film their background. Uh, Unreal yeah. has been developing a yeah, lot yeah. for the movie industry as well. So, so you can really tell that like visually games will just be amazing. So, uh, uh, and that's what I can't wait to see. It's a tool that we'll have at our ends to play with, to create our games. Uh, so uh, I think that's for me the most exciting part to be to have the chance to still be a game developer in this given moment and to to be part of that transition. So that's very exciting. Yeah, that's great. So thank you so much, Theory. It was fun talking to you and it was uh, always fun uh, playing your games. <laughs> so thank well, you thank for you. dreaming big and dreaming beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. But th thank you for having me and uh, thank you for your time. And uh, I An wish honor. you the best of luck in your uh, in your career. And uh, I hope uh, that you'll grow where you want to grow. Thank you so much. That's great. <laughs>